Welcome to the Fierce Fiduciary Podcast. This podcast focuses on financial planning and investment topics. Our goal is to help you make better financial decisions. We are fierce advocates of fiduciary advice. What does fiduciary mean? It means that anyone who advises you should always put your needs first. We hope you get some value from this episode. Thanks for listening. Standard housekeeping, anything on the Fierce Fiduciary Podcast should not be considered individual financial planning or investment advice. For that, we recommend you consult your own properly registered and licensed professional. Welcome to episode 21. I'm Brian Beasley and with me is Dan Alberth. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Brian. You know, no matter when it happens, when we lose a loved one, I mean, it's just tragic. It's emotional. Um, most often what we see is elderly parents that have lived a long life and passed away. And that's what we're really focusing on today. And, and, you know, part of what we get involved with in the financial planning process is the process of estate planning and, and assisting with that, the attorneys and our families with that process. And today what we're going to focus on is what we might call the missing portion of estate planning. It's kind of, uh, you, you think in terms of the, the process, most of the time you, you're focused on things like making sure the beneficiary forms are correct, making sure you have all your legal documents, your will, your trust, your powers of attorney, that kind of thing handled. And that's quite a process in the beginning anyway, just getting all those documents together, making those decisions, who's going to take care of the kids if we're not around, if their kids are minors. Um, when do you pass on assets and wealth to your children? All those kind of decisions are, are part of that process. And then there's the other part of the process. You think, okay, I've got all my documents done. And then when, when I, when I pass away that you, you kind of think that somebody snaps their fingers and puts these documents in front of their bank and their brokerage accounts and the insurance companies and the attorneys and kind of snap your fingers and it's all settled and distribute it out to the heirs and you, you're done. It's all taken care of. And uh, the reality is, is that there's this really long, drawn out, potentially long, uh, messy part that can happen in between when you pass away and when everything is settled. And that's, it's very real and it's rarely discussed. And we'd like to focus on that portion today. I mean, during this period, you've got this aftermath of someone, a loved one's passed away and you've got a lot of things going on. You've got grief. You've got a lot of unknown questions. Where is everything? How do we find the keys to this? Where are the documents? Um, there might be surprises if you're involved in trying to help settle these estates where you realize, oh, uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know about that part of the process. I, we hear this all the time from people that are involved. It's like, oh, it got done, but I, was, I had all these things that happened that I was unaware of that I was going to have to deal with during this process. Sometimes there's confusion. There's definitely some fatigue involved, both physically, emotionally, mentally, just as you're dealing with all these issues. In many cases, people have been, uh, there was no, maybe not a surprise when mom or dad passed away finally, because maybe there might've been an extended illness. And that's been a drain on people leading up to when they finally pass away. And then you have all this other stuff you've got to deal with just to get everything settled. And 
most people do a fantastic job of going to their attorney and getting their documents figured out. Many people do a good job of making sure their kids know, you know, where's the list of stuff? <laughs> Who do you call? That kind of thing. Um, but it's, it's this process that people seem to be unprepared for when you're dealing with the personal property, the stuff in the house, the actual real estate, um, Occasionally, somebody owns a private business that complicates things dramatically. You got to be very attentive to those things, but it can be a real stressful time on top of all the grief you're feeling. And so if you're in a position or if your family's in a position where they're the executor or the successor trustee, and they're kind of saddled with the job of settling your estate, there's a potential there for them to be stressed out, for the other beneficiaries to be stressed out, for relationships to get strained. And so you really need to be considering in addition to just getting your documents done, you ought to consider the stress on those people that are named as your executor, as your beneficiary, as your successor trustee of your trust, what have you. And, uh, you know, so we've seen this, we've seen this over and over again. It's become kind of a hot topic for us just because we've had some personal experience with this lately. So Dan, as we, as we look at this kind of messy middle part, what are some things that people can do to help alleviate the stress that's, that comes along with dealing with that process? Well, one thing you can do is make sure that the executors and successor trustees and other individuals that you choose, that not only do you trust them, but they're also competent. Do they even know that they've been named? That's one thing that you can do is make sure you let them know that hey, they've been named, and have so they've been named as a as a beneficiary, or they've been named as an executor, more importantly, or a successor trustee, where they might have some actual job to do. And do they even understand what that job is? It's super worth having that conversation up front and beforehand to let them know, hey, this is what that role is. Are you up to it? Some people may say, yeah, they can take care of it. Some people because they're out of town or uh, other reasons, they may not be able or willing to do that role. And it is work. And if you don't know what that really entails, it might be worth even investigating yourself because you might think, oh, this is no big deal. They'll just handle it. But you might, if you don't know what you're asking someone to do, that you might choose the wrong person. Now you've done, hopefully you've done most of this work when you were, sitting with an attorney and getting those documents originally drafted and the attorney would have gone through what each of these roles are. But now this is after the fact you've already named them. Now this is you trying to communicate to those other individuals to make sure they are understanding what's going on. Doing that up front and letting people know can really help cut down on the stress later on. Even something as simple as saying, Hey, if something happens to me and this role gets in, uh, triggered, where now you have to step up and be my executor, here's where you go. Here's where you access the things you're going to need. Here's who you call. And just you need to give them that a little bit of clarity in that regard as well. Another potential thing that can really alleviate this stress well in advance. And you want to do these things in advance. You don't want to wait until you're on your deathbed, obviously. So you want to, you want to make sure that everyone knows each other. And you 
prefer to do this far enough in advance where people have an opportunity to ask questions and get to know one another and maybe see each other more than once. But people like your advisors, your attorney, your CPA, your insurance agents, and your beneficiaries, your executor, your trustees, they should know each other. They should have some level of familiarity, even if it's just a meet and greet video conference. If you can put somebody's name, face, and voice together, that, oh, that's who that is. I've had a pleasant interaction with that person. We're getting along. We all understand who's who and what's what and what their role is. You can take notes from that meeting. Um, We've been involved sometimes in kind of family cabinet meetings, if you will, where you have all the advisors around a table with the whole the family members. And that, that, that simple little thing of just getting everybody around the table where you can ask questions and just clarify things can really alleviate a lot of friction on the family in, you know, when that time comes where everybody's trying to deal with settling out and all adult, those documents. And adult children, when they're at that table, when they're meeting the advisors in the presence of their parents, they can get a sense for the trust and understanding and the type of relationship that those parents have with those advisors. And hopefully that adds more and more to the confidence of the siblings as they're dealing with this in the future at some point. Another thing to consider is as much as possible, be very crystal clear in your instructions to your beneficiaries. A will, a trust, many times they have boilerplate type language in it. Hey, I'm going to give my two kids 50, 50, uh, 50% of the estate. They each get half. And that's well and good. But beyond that, if you could provide some sort of written letter or maybe a video or some other form of communication to let your kids know what it is that you want to happen, that could be very, very beneficial. And you're talking about things that are more nuanced that go beyond the scope of who gets what. It gives the parents a chance to talk one more time with their kids as they are going through or entering into this difficult period of time. It gives them a chance to remember that they love each other and that it's my desire as the parent and our goal as mom and dad to keep the kids together later on and to respect their relationships. Uh, Say things like, you know, get rid of the house as soon as possible and just move through this process as quickly as possible so you can get the estate settled and move on with the rest of your life because it's such a source of stress or can be. Well, if you don't have that instruction and you're saddled as the executor you're and you've got siblings looking at you and asking you questions that you don't know the answers to, you, you can, you can, in, you could be in a real pickle as an executor. And so it would be helpful if mom or dad or mom and dads were, were to have said, Hey, you're the executor, but when you're the executor, here's kind of the way, I'd like this to go down to make it easier on all of you. We want you to all get along through the process. Trust John or Mary or whoever to take whoever the executor is to take to do a good job with this because they're going to have the help of the professionals. Just let them do their thing. I want the house sold. 
you don't don't, don't dicker over the a thousand dollar difference in house price. Just get it done. Get moving on. Make sure you're loving each other. Make sure you're trusting each other. You know, it's whatever your intentions are. If you want your family to get along and you want a low stress environment through this process. Just little words like that from your parents can kind of go a long way to say, hey, I kind of expect you guys to kind of get along through this. Here's why I chose this per this your sibling as the executor. And you just need to understand it. Ideally, you've had that conversation while you were alive, but it's a good reminder. Just say, hey, just as a reminder, here's why I did the decisions I did, and here's what the process is. So the will says everybody gets the same amount or whatever, but in that in-between time. So now that I've passed and between when everything gets settled out, you guys all need to kind of, there's going to be decisions to be made. So get along or whatever. So having that can be very helpful. And along those lines, uh, another thing you can do is regarding your personal property. Most families have things that matter to mom and dad. Maybe it's family, things of historical value to the family, heirlooms, uh, things that might mean something to one child versus another child. And so what a lot of folks will do is they'll do a walkthrough periodically and just say, hey, if you know, the kids are visiting, they'll walk them through the house and say, all right, this is your shot. Tell me what you want. Otherwise, it's going to go out in the estate sale, the garage sale, and I'm going to put it in the will that you have to sell it. Um, you know, my folks have stickers on things <laughs> that said, okay, you know, he wants this, she wants that, that kind of thing. And it's, it's, uh, it, it's helpful. My own grandmother had a similar situation. She said when she was moving out of her house, when she was still alive, she was moving into an assisted living facility and said, okay, if you don't want it sold, speak now or forever hold your peace. Mm. And uh, we all had to kind of say, well, I don't really want anything except that one thing. And she's like, yours, done. But it was just very helpful because then it's, it's a load off her mind that she's free to get rid of stuff. And it's a load off every, it's just, it's just easier to do these things in advance. So a walkthrough. And then I'd say, once you've had that walkthrough where your beneficiaries have had their, I mean, you know, called out dibs on whatever thing that they want, then everybody kind of agrees on who's, who's getting what specifically. I mean, you can name it in your will and be that specific, but we're talking about the smaller items that maybe don't have monetary value. But once you've done that, maybe even do a purge, do a garage sale, do a don big donation thing just to simplify life. We all have a way of accumulating things over uh, our lifetime. So that's, a, that's another thing that can just add some value. Do that walkthrough, find out. It's, a lot of it just comes down to communication and clarity. Hey, what do you want? Here's what I want. Here's what I want you to get. Here's what I don't want you to get. Hey, this one thing, it actually has historical value. And I forgot to tell you the story about that one thing that's been in our family for 200 years. Thought you might want to know about it. A lot of that stuff just gets lost because people don't realize, oh my gosh, that's something of historical value. It gets lost in the clutter if they didn't know to look for it. Right. Certainly. Right. Another thing to consider is ruling by committee is not very effective. It's slow and it could be grueling to the participants. You, if you have a named executor, let that executor, let that person get the job done. If you're the executor, understand that you've got the job to do, get her done and move on. I mean, you were chose, if you're the executor, you were chosen for a reason. And otherwise they would have chosen all the siblings to be co-executors. 
And that, that could potentially happen too. But if you're the one person out of your family of five kids that got chosen to be the, the person to do this job, then you understand that you were chosen for a reason and go ahead and execute your parents' wishes. So really like most things, I mean, this is, this is a pretty brief conversation here. We're just pointing people in the right direction, hopefully, and giving you some pointers. But this is like most things. If you plan ahead and you communicate well with the people involved and you recognize that the relationships are paramount to the, any situation involving a, multiple people, get ahead of that, plan ahead, take some actions to help alleviate stress down the line. And I think everybody's going to be better off. And it's, it just goes beyond what your documents may say and where your money goes. When we talk to most people, what they care most about is not where their money goes, but that their families are okay when they're gone. And we've sadly seen some situations where this process didn't go that smoothly between family members. And it's no fun when you see somebody pass away that you've known for years and then their kids who were getting along before suddenly aren't getting along anymore and never talk to each other again. And that's just tragic. So you've taken one tragedy, turned it into another one. Definitely want to avoid that if, if that's what your wishes are. Once again, thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please share it with your friends. Please subscribe. Please like. Please comment. Please find us on social media. We are at Fierce Fiduciary. You can also Google Fierce Fiduciary Podcast and find us anywhere. Dan, you're at from Facebook. I'm on Facebook. At Dan Alberth. Dan.Alberth. And I am at Brian C. Beasley on most platforms. We also participate in some Facebook groups. If you're looking to have a deeper conversation there about various things, there's a group called Investing for Beginners. And then Dan and I host a group called Investing and Financial Planning that provides some educational and learning material. So once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.